Uh, hello, and welcome to Point of Vista. My name is Ben, um, and this is uh, the Campfire Ben Face, um, which is a, an okay-ish pun if you are a Boards of Canada fan. Um, this is my sp- spin-off podcast um, for a borderline ASMR. This is for maybe if you're, if you're trying to get to sleep, or you've had a bad day and you want something relaxing, maybe, I don't really know. Um, but this is where I just sort of uh, talk interminably uh, while I am next to a campfire while I'm out camping. Right now, I am um, I'm in Risdon in Queensland, obviously, because I can't leave the state. Um, not because of anything I've done just because of current restrictions. Uh, this is a spot about 15 minute drive, 15 minutes drive out of Warwick in the, in the scenic rim, Darling Downs area. This is a, a big cattle property um, and it is fucking lovely. I've gone camping here three or four times before uh, and I haven't been for a little while because I was a bit worried because getting, getting to this spot is very hard on the Falcon, but uh, the water crossing was actually not too bad this time and no bits fell off the car which is nice uh i don't know what time it is but uh sun is almost entirely set at this point it's just a little bit of bit of orange on the horizon there but mostly stars start to come out it is a cloudless moonless night i'm waiting for the fire that i've built up to die down fully to embers so that i can cook my dinner over those coals. Louis is sitting right next to me. Uh, he's not lying down yet, but he sure looks snoozy. Who knows? Uh, anyway, so... Um, I... This isn't really a story. Or if, it's maybe a series of stories. Maybe. It's a series of stories uh, that culminate in an idea... Oh, that sounds fucking horrible. I'm just going to start talking and then we'll see what happens. Um, uh, I'm going to start by talking about George. The first time I ever saw George, I was in my early 20s. Um, and I was doing something which I would probably never ever do now. Uh, but I was at a slam poetry night. Uh, real Brisbane heads might be familiar with Ruckus, which I believe is ongoing wonderful event organized by wonderful people um but yeah going to that sort of slam poetry business was the sort of thing i did at the time let's go with my friends tristan and ash and we would drink um a ton of red wine and we would watch people do the many things that fall under the heading of slam poetry um and we were at one one night which i think was maybe at the hideaway which no longer exists uh, rips, rips the highway, uh, and I saw a, a a performance. I don't know whatever you call a. Anyway, one of the things that was done on the night uh, was someone describing, just sort of talking, not doing like the slam poetry thing of like, you know, bloody 
putting weird emphasis on shit or really, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of slam poetry, but that's fine. Uh, they were just telling the story um, of a time that they got electrocuted by an electric fence, and it was the funniest fucking shit I'd ever heard in my entire life. It was absolutely tremendous. Um, Louis just come over for some kisses. Thank you, Lou. Uh, and I was watching this person do this thing, and I was looking at them, and they were absolutely fucking gorgeous and they just seem so comfortable and confident and cool and funny and wonderful and I have a distinct memory of just sitting there and just thinking fuck I would just like to meet this person the lay observer would note that maybe that was entirely within the realm of the possible Uh, that meeting that person would simply require going over to them and saying, hey, I liked your thing, um, what's up? Uh, but, you know, I was, uh, I was young, I was not a very confident person, I didn't really like myself all that much, and I didn't really see myself as the sort of person that could just approach strangers. Um, so instead of going up to them, I just did nothing. Uh, and so I thought, well... That's it. I'm never going to see them again. That's a shame. And then I went about my life. And then a couple of months later, I am doing probably the single thing I do the most, which is going to the bar around the corner from my then apartment. Uh, that bar is the Scratch Bar Milton, which I work at now, uh, but at the time was just frequenting on a near daily basis uh, because I had a relatively well-paying job and depression, so I was drinking a fuck ton of beer all the time. Uh, And I, my recollection is that I chucked a sickie to be there on a weekday, but I think having spoken to George about this later... They reckon it was maybe a Sunday. So who can say? A little contentious bit of history there. But either way, I'm sitting at the bar, reading a book or something, as I am wont to do. Uh, and uh, now, friend of the show. He wasn't friend of the show back then because um, uh, the, the show didn't exist. And also, uh, we were more friendly acquaintances than we were friends. Uh, but friend of the show, Ben Jungles, the other Ben, is showing George uh, on their very first day working at the Scratch Bar how to use the Scratch's famously terrible taps. Um, And I'm sitting at the bar and Ben has gone, ah, all right, let's pour a beer. Why don't you pour one for Ben? And I'm looking at them. I'm looking at George and I'm thinking, I know this face from somewhere. I'm unable to place it. Uh, it's not until like a month later where I'm like, holy fuck, that was the person from the slam poetry. That's wild. Anyway, I end up sort of over time, because I'm always in at the bar, uh, we, you know, we talk a little bit, and it's like, it's fun, it's like flirty, it's like a little flirty, but like, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, you gotta be fun, you gotta be charming to work behind a bar, so like, every guy that goes into a bar that has someone, like, attractive, pay attention to them, thinks that, you know, they're being flirted with, and I'm just like, nah, that's not really a thing. Squash it. Squash it from your mind. Uh, There's no point 
sort of focusing on that. Um, and then uh, things get like a little flirtier and I'm like, well, maybe this is something. But then I'm like, oh, fuck no, I can't. You can't like hit on someone who's who your entire interaction with has been while they've been like working. Because that's shit, you know? It's like if every fucking Yahoo that took a liking to every person that was behind a bar... I phrase that terribly. But I mean, you can't... You know, you just kind of got to leave people alone while they're working. It's my belief. Um, until I am saved from this fucking uh, predicament by now friend of the show, Ben Jungles. Uh, because... It's, one night I'm at the bar sort of doing my usual thing, sitting up at the bar, having a drink. Um, and he's a little bit drunk and he's got to go to uh, Arrested Development Trivia, but he doesn't have enough people for his team. And he's just like, Ben, you like Arrested Development? And I'm like, yes, I do. And he's like, you should come to Trivia. And I'm like, all right, that sounds nice. And like Ben and I have never hung out socially before this point. This is a, now I'd spend nearly my entire life with him. But uh, at that point, Never really seen each other outside the bar. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And I go to it, and George is there. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Uh, so we're at, I believe it was a beach burrito in the valley. Don't know why they had Arrested Development trivia there. Might have even been Man vs. Bear trivia, maybe. I wonder. That means nothing to almost no one. Uh, anyway, we're, we're doing it, and I'm fucking useless. Like, I really thought... You know, I've got a, my short-term memory is garbage, but my long-term memory for, like, shit I've watched is generally, I believe, fantastic. Uh, I have remembered nothing. I'm useless. I contribute nothing. But George and I are hanging out in a social setting uh, outside of the bar, and I'm like, oh, I think this actually kind of makes us, like, this might be okay. Uh, and then we you know, start talking more and more over the bar and it's really nice and it's fun. And eventually I managed to bully George into taking me to West End Markets one morning because I love going to the markets, but I don't have a car at that point. And like, I'm not taking all my fucking groceries on the bus or whatever. Also, it is, this is such a minor gripe and it's kind of a little less true now that the ferry's there, but it is a pain in the ass to get from, uh, where the West End markets are held to Milton, even though they're directly opposite each other from the river. The bridges aren't really close enough to them to make it work to walk. You've got to change buses a bunch of time. Trains do not help you. Like, it's the fucking worst. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, that's why I propose there should be a bridge built at the end of Park Road, and I've been saying this for a long time. I need it very badly. Anyway, uh, George and I go to the markets together. You know, it's cute as shit. Wander around. You get some food. What have you. Uh, George begins bullying me for buying tortillas and not having my own tortilla press. And I'm like, okay, let's get a fucking tortilla press. So George takes me to uh, Brisbane's famous Panisi Mediterranean cuisine. Panisi cuisine. I'm not sure. Everyone just calls it Panisi's in that wonderful Australian way where we add a, like, possessive after it. Like Tim's. Tim Guitars. Uh, rips. Well, that's still going as an online business. Yeah. Anyway. Panisi Cuisine, I think it might be called. Panisi's. We go there. I get a tortilla press. I get a bag of masa harina or, yeah, whatever the other one is. Uh, and that's kind of our first date. Even though it's not really a date, but like, 
It's a bit of a date. Our first proper date. Uh, George, I think... George ended up with a spare ticket to... I wonder how that happened. Um, to Nick Offerman doing a live show that was meant to be with his wife, whose name I've forgotten. Um, anyway, we we go out to dinner. We go to that. That feels much more, you know, date-like. I think it's the last time I, like, one of the few times in the last 10 years I've worn, like, nice leather shoes to something. Uh, I definitely overdressed for it, like, I crazily overcorrected, but uh, I wanted to impress. I dressed to impress. Uh, and then after that, we go back to my apartment and we watch, I'm pretty sure, like the entire first season of Fargo is my recollection. If it's not Fargo, it was another TV show that we had been sort of talking about over the bar being like, oh, we should watch that sometime. Uh, and then we would just stay up until like six in the morning uh, watching that. And uh, that was cool as shit. It was fucking lovely. And after that, uh, you were like, oh, we're dating. This fucking rules. Although, no, I think we actually spent quite a lot of time being like, doing that thing where you're like, oh, you know, we're not really calling it anything. You know, we're not like dating, dating. We're just, you know, like seeing each other. It's very cute. I have no idea why the fuck we did that. Uh and then, yeah, we just have a a whirlwind romance after that. Like, we, before we'd even started, quote, seeing each other, um, I had, George had been like, hey, my, I have a ticket to Panama, this festival arranged by Brisbane people that happens down in Tasmania. It's a music festival for like 1,200 people. Uh, George was like, hey, I have this ticket that was going to be for my ex. Do you want to come to Panama? And I was like, well, I've never been to Tassie and I don't really like music festivals. Absolutely. I would love to go to that. Uh, so just both of us pretending it's under the pretense that this is just like a fun new friendship where I've agreed to go on a trip to Tassie with them. Um, uh, we end up dating and then that trip to Tassie becomes a romantic one. And I'm like, I'm just so fucking into them. I'm like fucking just over the moon. Like I have been the whole time in this like long build up to us dating, but like, I'm just uh, manic about it. You know, like that trip, uh, before we've even gone down to Tassie, we have drunkenly like booked flights for a second trip to Tasmania, like a couple of months later, that first trip to Tassie, I'm like, George was going down a couple of days earlier than me because um, I had work. Uh, and then, like, on the the day before I meant to fly down, it's like nine in the morning, I've just gotten to work, and I'm talking to George, who was having a great time down there, and I'm just like, no, nah, fuck it. I tell my boss, hey, um, can I just take today as annual leave and also the next couple of days as annual leave before I was meant to take them I really need to go for some reason I don't think I came up with a convincing excuse but they were like what okay so I call up whoever I'd booked my flights with and I'm like hey I'd like to move my flight a day earlier and they're like there's no fucking way you can do that you've got the cheapest economy of flights that just does not work and I'm like fuck all right what's the nearest the soonest flight I can book to go down to Hobart uh, and then I spend a stupid amount of money buying another ticket. Uh, 
and I just leave work, I go home, I chuck some shit in a bag and I get down and it's just so that I could see George 24 hours earlier than I was supposed to because I just really wanted to see them. Uh, and we, you know, we have a, a very lovely relationship. Um, we, we end up breaking up, uh, years and years later, cause that's what happens to some relationships. Uh, but like at the, the, the start of dating George was just like entering this whole other world for me. I just... I was like a social-ish person, you know, like I was in, I was in a band and I, all my friends were in bands. So we were, I was like going out and doing a bunch of stuff all the time, but mainly I was just like going to Rick's and nowhere else. Uh, cause that's the only place where we would get booked like constantly. We were playing shows at like basically Rick's, uh, a place that became Electric Playground and is now something else entirely. Might even be fucking holy moly now. I honestly don't know. Uh, the bright side, maybe? Who fucking knows? Um, and that was kind of it. So I was, you know, I was seeing the same sort of handful of people and going to the same handful of places. But, like, dating George, I immediately met 500 people. Like, George would just be like, oh, we're going to this tonight. There's some sort of beer launch or something. Or there's a venue opening or there's, I don't know, something going on. And there was always something going on. And so like every night of the week we're out going to this stuff and every single time I would meet 20, 25 new people who are all just smitten with George because that's George's power. They are just the most charming person in existence and like they just instantly make friends. So they have this huge network around them of people that they know. And then I got to know those people and became friends with those people. And like nearly all of them are still people I see all the time now, you know, five or six years later. Uh, and that was like a huge change for me in how I lived my life. Uh, before I was sort of like, I was planning my fun. You know, I had like a, a nine to five Monday to Friday job. Uh, well, yeah, probably like 7.30 to two the way I was doing it. Uh, no one seemed to complain. Uh, but I would just like, I would plan my fun. I would know what events were on or if I wanted to go out, I'd like message friends, be like, hey, are you doing anything tonight? We should go do this thing. Or I'd wait for someone to message me. You know, it was all kind of structured. Whereas with George, it was just like you would just go to things or you'd go places and there would be people there and you would hang out with them and that was like lovely for me it was lovely to be surprised uh wherever you went with being like oh lovely these are the people that i get to hang out with it was very nice and like even after we broke up that's still sort of I'm still in that same community of people and a lot of these people have now gone on to like open their own venues and stuff or, you know, like I hang out at basically five or six different places. But I just go there now and they will be full of my friends, which is fucking delightful. Uh, and I sort of like came to realise that that was like... It was a, a huge, it was a big way for me to be able to cope with the depression that I've struggled with for like forever. 
uh, was that immediately when I got depressed, I would feel very isolated and I would never reach out to people to hang out with them. Um, and, you know, if I didn't receive a, a random message from someone being like, hey, would you like to hang out? I would immediately feel that I had like dropped out of my friend's thoughts or whatever, or that I was never thought of, or I didn't really have friends, you know, you'd start spiraling in this way where you'd be like, you just feel like you didn't matter in anyone's life. Whereas after I started just realizing that I was having a bad time, I could be like, you know what, I'm going to walk down to the bar and there will be a handful of people there who are the people that I love, guaranteed, at least one of them. Uh, And that, it became this way that I could yeah, instantly sort of manage my depression. Didn't fix it. You know, I still felt like shit, but I was also surrounded by a bunch of people where I could walk in, see them and be like, fuck, I feel like shit. And we could talk about it or we could just hang out or do whatever. It was very nice. And I realized that that sort of like needing that positive human interaction extended to just like strangers as well. Because uh, I've lived in the same suburb now, roughly the same suburb now for like, Nine or ten years. Nine years, maybe. Seven, yeah. Eight or nine years, let's say. Uh, but it means I've been going to, like, the same shops uh, most days of the week, every week, for a really long time. Uh, so I have these, like, not even close to being friendships, not even acquaintanceships. I just have, like a collection of people that I know well enough to just, like, smile and wave at them and say, hey, how are you doing? Uh, Which is the best I have discovered. This relatively innocuous thing is brings me so much fucking joy that, like, absolute bliss for me now is being, like, waking up in the morning and being like, oof, I would really like a terrible sandwich which happens to me a lot. I love terrible sandwiches. And I know that the IGA in the little fridge cabinet there has their sandwiches that they make there and then package up, and they are horrible. They are just... They do, like, seven or eight different varieties at random quantities and at random times, um, and they are no good. Not a single one of them is good, but they still sort of tick that box of... uh, I just want that, like, overly margarined bread white bread with some shit on there and that's what i crave so i i I wake up i go fuck i want a sandwich put on some pants and i walk out of the house maybe put on a shirt depending on the weather uh and then i you know i walk up to the iga which involves walking past the bar and walking past mongrel and walking past a bunch of other places where sometimes i see people there i'll go hey and maybe I'll go get a coffee at Bunker and I'll talk to those guys for a little bit. I'll get my coffee and I'll go and walk up to the IGA and I'll walk past the fruit and veg place. And one of those guys will be out the front and I'll be like, hey man, how you doing? And the guy will be like, yeah, good man. How are you doing? And I'll be like, yeah, great. And maybe the one guy I'm on like a hay basis with that works at the bakery will be at the bakery and I'll say, hey man, how you doing? And he'll be like, yeah, good. How you doing? I'm like, yeah, man, great. Get my sandwich, give my hello nod to the few people at the IGA I'm on a hello nod basis with. Uh, try and get served by a person, but if the line's too bad, I'll just go for a self-serve machine. You know, if that's the fucking... It's the way things are these days. And then I'll do that, and then I'll slowly walk back. And then maybe I'll see if anyone's at the bar during the day. 
doing some admin or whatever, and I'll say, hey, I'll talk to them for a little bit, be right, be like, right, got to go home, do some work. So I go do that. And then that whole time, that's taken me like 45 minutes. Uh, but I've seen a ton of people and I've had some little chats and I feel connected and I feel a part of the community and I am just fucking vibing as hell. Just like, that is the shit that makes me feel fucking fantastic. And I went on a tiny bit of a drunk tear about this on the regular episodes of the podcast the other day about like how I get that it is kind of fucking awesome that you can choose from all the cuisines of the world and then someone just drops it at your doorstep 20 minutes later and you haven't had to like put in the effort of putting on a face to interact with people you know like you just food appears and you get to eat it in front of the tv watching literally anything from the entire history of television that's also at your fingertips but I also love the experience of, like, I go to the Thai place near me and I talk to Con a little bit and I ask him how he's going with his homebrew and shit, you know? Like, or I go into Glee Fu, there's next to the bar, I talk to those guys a little, get some Chinese food. And I, like, fucking... That whole experience to me is just... I don't know what it is. Uh, those, like, small interactions just make me ecstatic at this point in a way that... I don't, yeah, I don't know why that is. And I think the moment that I realized that this is the thing that makes me, like, actually relatively happy to be alive on balance uh, was the night before the lockdown was supposed to happen. Well, no, no, that's not true at all, sorry. That, uh, it was, I think, the weekend before Queensland went into lockdown. And at this point... Um, no restrictions were in place. Like right now we've got, you know, mask stuff and check-in stuff and all that. And we didn't have any of that. I think we might have been on paper sign-ins uh, that were all sort of of our own design and then later on in the night being entered into an Excel spreadsheet. Like it was fucking madness. There weren't capacity restrictions. You were just being told to like wipe down tables. Uh, no one in Brisbane was even thinking about wearing a mask and wouldn't until like six or seven months later which is so wild in retrospect um, and there was no even a suggestion yet from the government that there would be financial compensation if you had to close your venue that like people would keep on getting paid uh, but everyone was aware that like continuing to work or to continue to operate as normal was a bad idea that was just a bad vibe um, so our friends over at Mongrel, uh, the, the bar that is opposite the scratch, um, had announced on the Friday, they had announced that they were going to be closing on Sunday because, uh, Annie, one of the owners is a nurse and she was seeing the shit go down and she was like, no, nah, it's not responsible and it's not safe. We can't do this. You know, we're going into a murky financial future where we probably not going to be able to afford to pay our staff but like for the sake of public health and for the personal health of our staff this is just a terrible fucking idea uh and for whatever reason a bunch of us have gone in on the friday night i feel like maybe they even had an event on or something which is fucking wild might have been an art show launch um there's just like a bunch of the people from our from the bars and from our sort of social circle and community uh, are all in there on the Friday night and we're all getting quite drunk because everyone is feeling very weird because of the looming pandemic. Uh, and then at some point later on in the evening when everyone's a little toasty, uh, 
Gabs, the uh, the chef and one of the other owners, he comes around to us and he says, well, we said that we're closing on Sunday, when actually tonight is going to be our last night um, because we don't want people to do like, we don't want, to, don't want to entice people to come in en masse because that would defeat the entire fucking point. Uh which was sort of how they kept doing like snap lockdowns and stuff to make sure that people weren't, you know, going out for a rager the the night before or whatever. Same sort of vibe. And at some point after that, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. But anyway, uh, a couple of minutes after that, I'm sitting there at a table by myself, getting lost in my thoughts. And I just like break down crying, like out of nowhere. Uh... I just start fucking like sobbing like I'm just like scared and worried and stressed uh, but I also have this moment of clarity when I realize that everything is about to change for me that I have finally sort of gotten to this point in my life where I've figured out what the thing is um, that makes me happy and that that is about to be taken away from me and everyone's about to lose a lot but I'm thinking just about how I am not going to have any of that sort of incidental social contact that I crave at all. We are all about to be locked inside and I am going to miss out on everything and I am going to go back to feeling like shit all the time. Uh, And I am fucking terrified. Uh, And it just like, it hits me so heavily that the thing that has been keeping me sane has been my dumb bullshit. Uh which is just going for a walk and getting a sandwich, that that is the height of being alive for me. Uh, So I have that moment, I have that realisation, and I start crying, and I don't really know what to do. And then... uh, This person that I know, but, like, we're not friends necessarily. Uh, Her name is Abby, uh, and I know her through a, a big group of people, an art collective called Art Rats, um, they do a lot of stuff with the, the bars and the venues that I work with and they uh, done merch designs for us and stuff for art shows and stuff. And um, uh, I know them well enough to say, hey, how you doing? Have a chat to them. But like, we're not, we're not friends. We don't hang out. Anyway, they have seen me crying sitting at the table uh, and she has gone up to the bar. She has ordered me a pint of something and she has slid the pint silently across me to the table across me to the across to me across the table I don't know what yeah whatever anyway she's she's given me the beer and then she has just given me a hug and then she has wordlessly walked off and it was one of the most beautiful and touching gestures of just like empathy and loveliness and it was so delightful and then I cried even more because of how sweet that was uh it was just a very beautiful moment, um, and you know we're still we're still in and out of surprise lockdowns every now and then, and restrictions are still annoying, and you know whatever the fuck. But I still have I can do my dumb bullshit. I can get in the car and I can drive out to the farm with the lovely people that I met because uh, George went to high school with one of the owners, well, one of the people that runs the farm, and I say, hey, do you mind if I come out for a swim? bring the dog with me, Phil or Ali say, yeah, absolutely, come on out. And come out, go for a dip. I talk to them about how their leaks are going. 
I look at the leeks, I do a couple of laps of the garden, I look at the pea flowers and I say, oh, fuck, that looks a bit nice. And I go for another swim and Louie and I do some more laps and I say hi to the dogs out there. And I talk to Phil or Ali again and I say hi to the goats and I go home and I get to do that. I get to go to the bar of an afternoon if I've finished my work and I go, oh, Graham's there or Joel's there, you know, and I get to say hello. And then even just regulars whose names I don't know, I get to say hi to those guys. I get to chat a little. I get to go to Mungers and see the people that I like. I get to go to Alphabet in West End. I get to see the girls. I can walk into the kitchen. I can talk to Zoe and Meg about how running a cafe is going. <laughs> and that's real nice. I go to Lucky Duck. Talk to those guys. I've got my spots that I can go to. I can go to the IGA. I get a sandwich. They say hi to the fruit and veg guys. And uh, things are back, back to normal. And I feel... I feel very happy to be alive and in Brisbane and just it's a part of a community in all these different ways and it's the fucking best. Um, So I think that story was about happiness, (laughs) I don't know, Uh, and about George and about sandwiches. Uh, Louis is between me and the fire right now because I think he's trying to warm up a little. I'm going to put his jacket on him. He looks very regal. The stars are out now and they look, i got to tell you, fucking magnificent i can see the goddamn milky way with the naked eye and like it's still going to get darker in a little bit that's that's the fucking tits um i'm sorry if you are currently in lockdown that shit fucking sucks ass i i hope you get back to being able to do the things that make you happy soon um if you don't have a going to a sandwich routine equivalent uh, going to a sandwich, Jesus. Getting a sandwich routine equivalent. I recommend getting one. Just go to the same shop enough that you get to say hi to the people that work there. I fucking, I'm on a hello basis with like four people that work at the servo that I go to now and like two or three of them are now regulars at the bar. Like, it's the best. I go in, I get my fuel, I get my horrible... Coles Express $7 premium uh, sausage bacon and egg breakfast sandwich which is like if you're picturing something with discrete ingredients to it you are wrong it is a sandwich full of mush and it looks like shit and it has the texture of paste uh, and I love it it's so bad I love it but anywhere anywhere can be a spot where you get these nice little social boosts and um, I think they're cool as fuck or maybe you just hate talking to people. You're not interested at all. Then uh, this was uh, mainly just about me and my feelings. Anyway. I hope you are doing well in your life. Um, if this was a bullshit waste of your time, uh, let us know in the comments, but nicely, and then I'll see whether these are worth doing again or not. Um, maybe you've already fallen asleep by this point. That would be quite nice for you. Um, also, if you would like to hear a better version of this, uh, go on YouTube and look for the video of Kurt Vonnegut, the goat, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, talking about going to the post office to send off his pages to be typed. Um, he talks about just the same thing, just the delight in having these little routines and just going out and doing things. It's his, his bit that he famously concludes with, uh, we are here on this earth to uh, fart around and uh, don't let anyone tell you any different. He's absolutely right. Uh, 
getting out of here. Have a good one.